again, shall we? Now that the battery is saved, hopefully we can outrun the uh, the terminal battery power down, which is likely to happen during this whole whole podcast, as it were. <laughs> Before we get going, sub kids, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. It is muggy today. I realise that whenever I bring in one of these podcasts to you guys, it may seem strange that I'm always talking about the weather, but it's usually it's usually what I'm thinking about because I look directly at my window and I think, oh, that's what the weather's doing today. That's how that's how everything's going outside of my little little bubble which I've created for myself. That's what it's all about. Ah. Damn. I guess, you know, <clears throat> as well, because I record these in advance. So what often happens is I'll describe the weather and you guys aren't having that weather because you're, you're a couple of months down the line. And, you know, there's this there's space between us and them, me and you. There's space between us, guys. There's, you know, time and place are not happening simultaneously. If Could you imagine the absolute sheer chaos of if this podcast was live every single time I did it? I I make fuller, thoroughly explored streaming this year. Imagine if what I did for streaming was just this, and I just ignored all comments, and you just you heard me ramble. It'd be like a live show <laughs> where you don't have any interaction. I mean that sounds doable, but I mean, it takes me time to form my thoughts at best of times. So doing it in front of an audience is is chaos. I, I recently recorded a podcast uh, with a couple of artists who coming later this year, Curabell. Uh, a couple of musicians, and we were discussing this idea of how, how it feels to get in front of an audience, how to how it feels to be that vulnerable in that space, and how you know how you overcome that as an artist. And the truth is that you you likely don't. I've done one live show, and I I don't know if I'll do another one again. I may do. It was kind of enjoyable, but I really don't know what I said during that time period. The only reason I know what I say during these is because I get to cut it and put it into the internet. And yeah. That just sounds like a, the internet. And it's just got a strange image in my head of content being cocaine and the internet being a giant nose. What are you going to snuff into the internet this day? I don't know. But that's my brain. That's how I'm wired. That's 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 how my artistic temperament comes out. But that brings us to the point of the day, which is the 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 artistic temperament. And I know I discuss this a lot. I, I realize I discuss this a lot. I I scrolled back when before turning on the camera and said to myself do have we said this before have we are we really like have we not covered this and i guess we kind of cover it I, I worry about repeating myself because i don't really pay attention to what i say i mean i'm very well thought out and i'm clear and concise with the way i deliver things at best of times but there's a chance i repeat myself there's a chance there is a podcast in the 160 or so episodes which we have produced so far, where I literally just say the same thing as I've already said in another episode. That's entirely possible, and I, I begrudge anyone who would go out of their way to find that. I'd rather just let chaos reign and admit that I've run out of original ideas. I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with knowing that that's, that's there. And that's something which I think is very true with a lot of artists. I think art in itself 
is I, I don't know. There's a mentality which I kind of I kind of want to discuss. I kind of want to get into this, and I don't want to make broad generalizations. But that's all I really do. I make broad generalizations in order to get you guys thinking about things. But I feel like art and artists, artists, artistos. Um, there's a, there's a real like a running line between us all, right? And it's it's clearly definable. It's clearly there, and we all know it. Because when you... This is the thing I find when I talk to a lot of artists and when I talk to people, you know, I, I kind of get into conversations with them, and we realise in, almost instantaneously we're on the same page. That's the beauty of having someone who can relate to you. You know, instantaneously, like, ah, oh, yes, this is how you do this. And yeah, no, I, 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 I get the idea you're talking about. It sounds perfect. And when you talk to people who don't have that artistic temperament and i'm not saying that's a bad thing not everyone does you know in the same way i'm not analytical to the point of numbers and code and all those kinds of things those things i really struggle with but although people who can do that and who are naturally good at doing that i think previous guest destiny is a great example of that those people talk to other people and go oh yeah no i instantly get what you're talking about but there's like a it's like a personality context which just cocks in. You go, oh yes, no, I, I'm I'm meeting one of you. I think I had this when I spoke to Yana, who's a painter, previously on the podcast, and we were discussing things, and we we instantly understood each other. I've never met Yana in real life, you know. She's a some she's local, she's artist local, but I've never met her in real life. But it took less than five minutes for both of us to click into a conversation about technique and work and everything else, and how we come up with ideas, and it just made all the sense. That's a great episode, you should go listen to it. But back to my point. My point being that there is a temperament which goes into art, which I think genuinely scares people who don't have an artistic type of temperament. And I'm willing to get into a little to describe this. So what I, what the way I titled this was, how, how can you be comfortable in such chaos? And I feel like artists, as much as we use art to... We use art to deal with things, right? That's a pretty baseline thing. That's the known that's the known issue amongst us all. It's we're all slightly broken, every single one of us, and all of us know that we're using art as a coping mechanism. And if you don't know that, you need to be more self aware because that's exactly what you're doing. That's what artistic expression is about. That's what it's always been about. It's been about trying to translate an idea in your head and get it out into the world and say, hey, this is why I do this and this is the thing I wanted to say, but I can't say it because I couldn't figure out how to say it. We all know that. That's and the world knows that, right? That's what the world knows. The world knows that's what artists do and that's why they consider them, you know, somewhat essential. That is not terminology I would use, as my t-shirt says. Not this t-shirt, this one says, drink coffee, get fucked and die young. But that's the view of artists and artistic techniques. That's a weird, weird phrasing there. <laughs> what even was that, Graham? <laughs> I don't really know. But that's the that's the general view. That's That's how you approach artwork. And that's how the media would represent you. That's how... You know, scholars would represent you. That's what artists do. That's how they conversate. And but there's a deeper thing there. There's something about that which almost reflects strangely on everyone else. I'm gonna. I'm kind of hard having struggling time to to explain what I'm actually saying here, which is strange for me. I feel so. I guess the easiest way to do this would be to give you an example, wouldn't it? <laughs> Start with the example, Graham, and then don't waste seven minutes fumbling over yourself. 
cheeky coffee sip. Right. No. So I guess what I'm saying is that there's the difference between the way people create and the way people are artists. You know, you can have an artist be someone who is not a painter, you know, someone who's not traditionally an artist as an artist. I guess that's a distinction to make. There we go. So when you separate artistic tendency and artistic temperament from the word art, that's the first thing we need to do to explain this. And that's how we're going to explain this in a, a clearer and concise way. This we've got there in the end. We figured it out. So there's a difference, as I say. Okay, right. So this is the thing. You've got art, which is the medium of art. It is expression, is producing something, whether it be songs, music. Those are the same thing. Songs, music, painting, illustrations. We'll, we'll double up just for good measure. Pottery, sculpture. All those things. If you remove that from the idea of artistic sentimentality and artistic... Uh, traits within a personality and you just say this is a thing this is art and that's that's separate when we talk about artistic traits what i'm talking about is just it's just like a personality style or a type which can occur in anybody right that's what that's this is the crazy thing right it, it can occur in anybody and i think i kind of discussed this ages ago when i talked to my friend brett about stress and we're saying like there's a there's a there's a way you deal with stress and there's a way you deal with situations which really labels you as, as artistic is, is being able to live within a situation which is completely overwhelming and completely chaotic and still just exist and be happy and obviously you, you use art you use that, use that as an extraction of yourself to deal with it so you see it most commonly in artists but it could be in other things it can be in things like you know bakers and builders and why, why don't I go for such basic things? Bakers, builders, candlestick makers. I've never met a candlestick maker in my life. But, you know, those are the standards. Those are the, those are the industries we labelled out as, as, as the UK when we we um, when we when we made up rhyme. Uh, back in the day, when we made up rhyme, we said to ourselves, you know, you got bakers, butchers, candlestick makers, tinker, tailor, tailor soldier, spy. We, we, we really baselined it. Um, just excluded every other industry um, but you know these these traits can appear in them they can be able to deal with that and what I, I think this is what I find fascinating about people who don't you know I think this this is where I think the fear comes in right this is what I'm really trying to get to the the, the nugget the kernel of what I'm trying to say here if we if we hadn't actually already had a point is I'm curious why people have the reaction to people who can deal with these situations in the way they do the example I'd give in my head is is the the idea of the beige, the beige person, as it were. The beige person, and I mean this is a mass generalization, and I apologize, but the beige person is someone who has, you know, a white living room, beige settee, uh, probably some sort of crystalline candlestick holders on the on the mantle, maybe a nice gold clock, you know, cream carpet, some some maybe. I don't know, like Ikea or flat pack furniture just on the side, you know, chilling out. The paintings on their wall are not actually paintings, they're just canvas prints, which they thought looked nice. And, you know, suburban is, is probably a quicker way to say everything I just said. But, like, suburban, white family. That's what I think of when I think of beige. And that's what I think of when I think of this this idea. Is you have these people who've, who've formulated this life and they formulated this structure and everything has to be pristine, right? And that's why they've chosen these colours. That's why they choose those tones. Because those tones are things which you can keep clean. Those are things which you can see dirt on. 
you can recognize her and you can almost recognize the composure within them so then they can reference everything else and say oh well your cream's slightly dirty because my cream sofa isn't you know oh my my carpet has no marks on it that makes me slightly better and it's it's this one to put themselves at slightly better angle than everyone else because they haven't got anything expressive to say or, or do you know they don't bake they don't candlestick make now that is a sentiment terrifies me right that whole idea terrifies me of being someone like that and when i meet someone like that i find them fascinating and this is this is a whole view of i mean we're going to get digressed because we've digressed a hundred times already in this goddamn thing um it's like i love the idea of going to like suburban america in like texas because it's such a unique world right it's such a unique microcosm of what everything is in the u.s the u.s is massive and complex and everything about it is is crazy but it's it's such a microcosm and it's so different to how I am as a person and everything I live within and everything I, I recognize as, as beautiful within the world. And that's why it's beautiful. It's it's it it's unique. You know, in the same way someone looks at another culture and says, Yo, this is so different to everything we do, that's why I'm I'm intrigued by it. That's that. That's just completely different culture divide, which I, I you know, my brain just clicks in and goes, Oh, we need to go view that. But when I see that I I see that and I also see the fear. I see the things which control the people who want to live in those bubbles, who want to live in that view. You know, the people who are massively anal about cleaning and protective of their slipcovers and want their cars to be perfectly polished and all these things. And then, and when I see that, I see their fear and they see my fear of that. And I get the feeling that they're just as afraid of us as we are afraid of them. And I, I, I wonder if they question how we can live in this chaos. How can, you know, I, if, you, if you watch the video aspect of this, you've seen the room I live in. The floor does have a few few marks in it because I paint in here and forget to put things down. And, you know, there's dirt in places where I can't reach and I've never really gotten around to just clearing that, that dust out. It, but it'll stay. It'll live. I don't really care. That's 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 the chaos I live in. The table behind me is not formulaic in any way. In fact, there's a box on there, which I literally just put on there because it was on the floor, and I was like, that's a little in the way. I'm going to put it on this table. Now, that was a functional choice. You know, this isn't an aesthetic choice in any way, shape, or form. And it's almost like people who live like that are trying to apply control to a universe which they can't control, and it makes them feel better by having that that, that little place. Whereas I... I feel much more comfortable with the imperfect. I feel much more comfortable sitting around and going, ah, oh, right, yeah, you know. Well, this one's slightly broken. I'll take that one. That's a bad habit of mine. You know, <laughs> you know when people go into like a, a store and, you know, a grocery store or something and they'll pick up a bag of chips or whatever and, uh, you know, a bag of chips or nachos um, or, or, or find a loaf of bread and they'll find ones which are perfect. They want the perfect ones because they want their value for money. You know, they don't want to get something damaged, which they're going to play full price for. I have a bad habit of looking for the damaged stuff. You know, oh, this one's got, you know, slight dent in it. This one's slightly imperfect. Recently, I signed up for a mailing thing where I get bread products. So like crumpets and pitters and stuff like that delivered to my house. And they're all imperfect. They're cheaper and they're delivered to your home and they get them from bakeries and they would have been thrown away. And that's all about reducing food waste, blah, 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 blah. But they're imperfect. And I love that. I love it. I get it. I'm like, this pitter isn't pittering how it should. Fantastic. <laughs> you know? 
that's everything I want for a meal. I want challenge within my meal. And the strange thing is, is well, you get this overlap between people who evidently are interested in art as a medium and a product and all these kinds of things, but have no interest in in artistic sentiment and personality trait. I think like every every literally every medium of art has people like this, and you'll recognize them as soon as I describe them. Right? These are people who I would say fit into that suburban manufactured control like fear that exist within industries you already already know right and i think the first one which comes to mind is novel writers and i'm going to throw writers under the bus here i guess like you you you're fantastic i love novel writers i love writers i know a lot of poets i know a lot of fiction writers but there are the types of writers who will make something because they want to make something, because they have an expression, because they have an idea, because they have an urge to create, and they'll create in chaos, and they'll they'll have stacks of papers around them, and they'll drag that out of their, their psyche and bludgeon it into a page, and they'll cram it down the throats of everybody around them. Those are the kind of writers I love. Not the writers who attend writing workshops and need a schedule to write, because if they don't, they'll never write and they they try to apply such systematic militarian regularity to something which is creative in order to try and get control of it until you've essentially just squeezed out life of it and you can write some great books and i know there is some fantastic books by writers like this but i just look at it and i'm like oh my god you're scared of being creative you're scared of existing within what could be abstract and so you've applied the system to yourself you 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 produced and confined yourself in such a way that you may as well just yeah produce something which is printed onto a canvas and actually painted onto a canvas because painting onto a canvas might make a slight mess and yeah you know as i say don't get me wrong i do love writers and i love i love books and i know you can get some good content that way but it's so ob- obvious it's so obvious that fears there and it's two different styles i think i had dan wilcox on ages ago and we we were both two sides of the same coin he's extremely creative and he writes these fantastic stories and i'm extremely creative and we both look at each other and go yeah no we are two different personality types on the same side of the coin and and it's clear we'll never we'll never kind of delve into the middle that's the kind of person where the collaboration just wouldn't work it, it just wouldn't, because he knows what I'm like, and I know what he's like, and it, it, it just wouldn't work along those lines. You know, painters do it. Yeah, Shockingly, painters do it. The kind of painters who do this are the kind of painters who discuss technique constantly. You know, how did you do this? Why did you do this? What's this all about? Oh, you know, I did it specifically this way. I, I, I mix my colours by measurement. And I, I couldn't understand it from one aspect. You don't want to waste paint. You don't want to get your expenses higher. But my God, the fear you have. Have you ever just free poured oil? When you, you know, just free poured oil into into paint and just see what happened. Have you ever done that? Have you ever applied that directly to the canvas without writing down exactly what you did so you could reproduce it? No, you haven't. You painted by numbers, essentially. (laughs) Illustrators do it. Illustrators love talking about the fundamentals. If you get the fundamentals of... uh, Fundamentals of structure and form, how to form a body, do foreshadowing, get your perspective lines in there. Have you ever just drawn without thinking about what you're drawing? Without using reference? If you, if you, are you that scared? <laughs> I feel like this last of this podcast is just me going out on people. 
and and really throwing people under the bus. But it is it, there's this thing, and it's that it's that idea of the artistic temperaments. There is different artistic temperaments. So I find it very strange when people compare one another to themselves, and and it's 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 so futile comparing yourselves to one another because how one person creates compared to how another person creates, you're never going to understand it. There's a personality there. There's a way your brain is formed in order to deal with things that theirs just hasn't, right? And I think that's the point I'm getting at, is they have grown up in whatever situation they've grown up in to work in a way that works for them. They found a system, they found their, their pattern or whatever, and as much as I say that artists, you know, artistic temperament loves this li- living in like a gloopy bath of whatever and self-doubt and all these kinds of creative ideas until eventually you just dig one up from the soil, that's a system. That's a system I made in order to create the work which I create because that's how I grew up. I grew up in a situation I couldn't control, so I had to get very, very comfortable with being not in control, and that gave me control because now I know I can scare people who obsess over control by simply just pushing the boundary slightly. (laughs) Of course, there is always the risk of being too self-aware at that point, and then you don't create anything. Maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't. Maybe I'm talking on my ass. But I think there is something to note when it comes to thinking about creatives and artists and looking at techniques and how other people create and just considering to yourself that, yeah, you might get ideas, but don't try to adhere to that. Just step out, find comfort in the chaos of it all, and make something you're passionate about. And if you're a person who has structured your life and your creativity and everything else to such degree, recognize how easy it is for someone like me to simply break that. And remind you that you don't have any control. I'll talk to you guys later.